All right, I'm going to start the broadcast. Enough of these shenanigans. I didn't tell Mike my stuff. Oh, and we're live. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Future Chat. I was in the middle of talking when Rob hit the live button. <laughs> I'm such a scamp. Welcome. I'm Nick, the loose cannon of the show. Mike is also here. Mike very much enjoys talking about cell phones. He's also a class act. Then there's Rob. He's really embraced the Macklemore hair. Mm-hmm. He really has. <laughs> Thanks for that introduction, Nick. As, he, as Nick mentioned, this is episode 116 of the program where everything is just crazy all the time. And the points don't matter. Yeah. Oh, the points matter. <laughs> I've been keeping track. Uh, Nick, you were gone last week. And, this is true. And in the last week you have picked up a new toy to play with, so to speak. Phrasing, obviously, still in play. Um, but before we get to to the main discussion we want to have, which is relating to Pokemon Go and the new toy you got, we do have a couple of things that I wanted to follow up on. And I'm, I'm a little surprised by myself because I usually don't have things in follow-up. But, uh, but this week I do. And they're kind of related to what Elon Musk is up to this week. Um, oh that's what your introduction should have been (laughs) what's that talks about what elon musk is up to this week (laughs) so nasa had a press conference i guess uh with barack obama and they announced together i didn't actually even like i didn't see any of this press conference i just heard about it through various grapevines because i follow space news but uh Apparently, the United States and NASA are working to get to Mars by 2030, is what I heard. And apparently, they weren't paying attention to Elon Musk and SpaceX's announcement that they were going to get there by, like, the (laughs) mid-2020s. Either they think Elon's crazy or uh, what? I don't know. I I find it interesting that most people, to the common person, if you heard, we're going to go to Mars as a as a as humanity we're gonna make the trip to mars i would either think that's crazy it's so far off it's so far away like the technology isn't there yet or i would think well yeah of course it's probably pretty easy right if you're if you're like unaware of space but both of these announcements have hit somewhere kind of in the middle where it's not seen as a totally crazy moonshot type of thing sorry to use the old language of moonshot when that was actually a thing uh yeah, because it's literally harder than a moonshot. That's yeah. literally the problem. <laughs> Moonshot's not even hard anymore. Yeah. <laughs> apparently both the public for lunch. It was amazing. <laughs> the public and private industry are both now making plans in the next twenty fifteen to twenty years to go to Mars, like to have actual missions. I guess this has to be like I said, I didn't actually pay that close of attention to the announcement, but this has to be sending people to Mars from NASA because there's already, we have rovers there. The next thing would be people. It wouldn't be this huge announcement. But I guess the the main thing, the main thing of this announcement is the United States kind of having a space program again. Like we, we have, they send astronauts to the International Space Station, but they're using the Soyuz capsule, like Russia's rockets right now, uh, after the space shuttles got retired. And they've been kind of waiting. They've been using different aviating aviation companies like SpaceX 
for their launches of stuff, but they haven't actually had any launches of people in a while from the States. And so I guess this is the main thing is like, we're actually going to invest money in this. We're going to build America's space program back up again. to the point that they could launch their own things. They can launch their own people. But, uh, I'm very excited to see space get investment and to actually get talked about by Obama. He's doing, he's doing so many, like he, they're kind of in the, the very end of his eight years. And so he guest edited wired magazine this month. He did this big announcement with NASA. He's doing all these super nerdy things, these things that he really has deep love for and like investing in NASA. If you're a president who's kind of a self-professed nerd and loves space, that would be like the coolest thing you could get to do because NASA has a perennially relatively tiny budget. So to be able to say, we're going to invest all this money just on your way out and like promising to do that is, uh, I think, a really cool move on his part. But also fairly hollow. Not necessarily. Like it, it does make it harder to do if he's not president and the new president doesn't want to put any money into it. But it does kind of like earmarking those funds does kind of say we're going to do this. Like we, we had the same NSERC where I work. We had the same thing last budget where the conservatives promised money for NSERC and then the liberal government came in, but they still had to give the, they still had to give the conservative the money that the conservatives had promised the previous year, but they also ended up having to, or coincidentally or not, they ended up giving us even more money, the liberals. And so it's not like it goes away. It would be, it would be really hard for a new government to come in and take money that was promised back. It would look really bad, first of all, but also it would take some actual process to do. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not a very straightforward process, but I'm very excited to see somewhere closer to home actually getting manned space missions again. Didn't George W. Bush talk about going to Mars? Yeah. Well, that that around that time is when they were doing the rovers. Oh, okay. It, it was after that when they, I guess not after, but around the same time period, but for different reasons that they decided to retire the space shuttles. Like they were just coming to the end of their natural life and they hadn't new mission, new like research into the next generation of space shuttle hadn't been started yet. And so the money just kind of ran out. But uh, there's more money now. Nice. I'm pretty excited. Anyways. Yeah, no, I, I look back on that time, sadly, because I remember myself saying, uh, yeah, I don't know why we should spend all this money on Mars research <laughs> when we have problems to solve back here at home. And I was, I'd look back on that now and go, oh, I was an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I didn't apply for to be an astronaut, a Canadian astronaut specifically because that one cbc piece came out where they interviewed all the candidates and it was like (laughs) military pilot uh civilian pilot like someone who had like a phd in space engineering and rocketry (laughs) or something i was like i'm underqualified i'm just the dude who likes space (laughs) Uh, but i i am happy for for anybody who does get to go and hopefully at some point um i forget did we actually talk about blue origin last week how they did their their test fire of the escape module. Yeah. Hopefully we can be space tourists in our lifetime. Yeah. That would be close enough for me. Uh, so the other news that this is more directly relating to Elon Musk, I just came across it and thought it was interesting. What is he uh, up to this week? He is going bonkers with selling Teslas. Oh, they Tesla is apparently now, I, and I guess this is how they categorize it. I don't know if it's by price or if it's just kind of where they decide to put things, but, um, 
the Model S is the best-selling U.S. luxury sedan by a lot. So basically kind of like the Apple of cars in that they sell, they're selling a lot more than high-end brands. And it makes complete sense because the way they're marketed, they're not marketed as a luxury car. They're marketed as an electric car that happens to be expensive. They're marketed as luxury. Are they though? Yeah. How how are luxury cars marketed? It's a luxury car that happens to be an electric vehicle. I I don't know because you don't see... It's a status symbol, Rob. I haven't seen Teslas on TV. Like you see luxury cars advertised in television and print ads, but you don't really see that with Tesla. It's It's mostly just viral marketing, like word of mouth. That's a different type of marketing though. That's not talking about the categorization of the vehicle. It's still widely considered to be a status symbol. Right. So that that's basically the definition of a luxury vehicle. I guess so. When you buy it for the status. They're also very nice looking. Mm -hmm. Like you ask anyone who owns one, and they say that they own own it because of the electric aspect, they're lying. That that's a benefit of it. That's not why they have it. Hmm. I I don't know about that. But the Model I 3, don't... maybe. But I hope so. I hope the Model 3, if it actually ends up yeah. being as cheap as it, right. it's supposed to but be. But the S, there's no way you're you're driving that because of the electric mm-hmm. aspect. I guess I think of luxury cars as being limited in quantity. In production, whereas I, I, that's how I think about it. Maybe that's wrong. That's just but, limited edition, right? But that's kind of like I guess there are luxury brands that just will make as many cars as people will buy. Yeah. But the Model S right now is super constrained by the actual amount they can mm-hmm. crank out in a yeah. quarter or in a year or whatever. Like they're in the same category as like the BMW, the high-end BMWs, the Audis, the whatever. I don't know. Those are the two mm-hmm. off the top of my head, but. It's yeah, pe- people will buy it because it's a really nice car. It's a good car, but it's a status symbol as well. I guess so. I mean, yeah, I I still haven't seen very many. Like Canada doesn't get no nearly as many as there are in specifically Southern California, but yeah. I I only see it as a as a nerd status symbol more than a like class status symbol. I I know that that and that I know that's just me. But I really just think, oh, so cool. Like, I love the technology in that. Right. Not, oh, that's such a fancy car, you big shot. <laughs> but every other person is going to be, wow, what a fancy car, you big shot. Right. Or like, oh, look at you spending all yeah. this money saving the environment. Turns out coal is just as bad as any other fuel <laughs> when you're, even if you're converting it to electricity first. <laughs> that's another I, story. Uh, I was going to say, I, I never really thought, wow, that's a cool car and you're a cool person. Yeah, I know. But well, no one says you're a cool person. Well, just no, that's a sweet like, car. <laughs> I've I've always just ogled the car. Right. Yeah. No. Except yeah. for this one time when I ended up talking to a guy in the Safeway parking lot about his car. It was a beautiful car. Was it a Tesla? No, it was a Mercedes. Okay. Oh, it's, Mercedes. Another that's one, yeah. the side my bread is buttered on. <laughs> Apparently, there were only like six of them in North America or something like that, too. So they were fairly unique. Oh, wow. I don't compliment yeah. just any car. <laughs> I compliment the cars that the owner has just caught me staring at. Right. Well, that sounds analogous to people checking out your bike. In that yeah, you have a very nice actually, bike. And... Fairly similar, yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
We're all going to buy Model 3s when they come out, and we're, they're not going to be status symbols because they're going to be so cheap. <laughs> I'm but, uh, just going to keep riding my bike for as long yeah. as possible. But <laughs> So that, that's it for follow-up for this week. Do we want to just transition? We can talk a little bit about bikes and then go to to Pokemon. Let's. I want to know. Or is there is your bike? Because Nick has here? his bike story. Oh, there, where's I'm, the bike story? I have a bike story. I don't see any bike story. Oh, that's it's bike under story. the title Lamont Composites. And let me tell you about Lamont Composites, Mike. Tell me about them. Um, I think his name's Greg Lamont. He was a well, is a Tour de France winner. Who's the first person to do so on a carbon fiber frame. Hmm. And there's also a hilarious video of him winning. Is that significant because it's a worse or a better frame? The carbon fiber. Better. So why is he the first? Because he was the first person to ride a carbon fiber frame and win the Tour de France upon such a thing. Oh, so this is like way back in the day. This is the 80s. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Just put a perspective for me. Okay. There's also a hilarious video of his wife in the crowd shouting, shouting, Greg, Greg, when he actually won. But <laughs> he he didn't speak French, so he didn't understand what anyone was saying when they were announcing his times. <laughs> but she knew his times, so she was trying to get his attention and get him to come over so she could congratulate him for winning. But right. he's just like, oh, man. Oh, did I win? Did I not win? <laughs> this is horrible. I can't take the suspense. Because it's, it's a they... cumulative time over the various legs, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not really I, first it, past I think the it was finish that line stage, wins. too, and it right. had come down to that stage. Right. right. Huh. Yeah, so he, along with this other lady, I haven't watched the actual video they have, but they have built a new carbon fiber manufacturing facility in Oak Ridge near the Oak Ridge National Laboratories Mm -hmm. where they do actual research and development on carbon fiber. So they've come out with a less impactful manufacturing method. So it's, it generates much less emissions or something like that. And it's also much more energy efficient and much cheaper. So <laughs> their first goal is to have like actual mass produced carbon fiber frames to really bring down the cost. And further, like with the work they do on the carbon fiber frames, they're saying like they would love to see wind turbine, what do you call them? The wings. Generators? No, the the spokes. Oh, the blades? Yes, the blades. They'd like to see like new blades made out of carbon fiber, so they'd be more efficient. It's just that the cost of carbon fiber is so high right now that it would be not feasible to have those kind of blades. But right. they see they see advantages coming all over the place, and I'm hmm. very excited because bikey bike bike bike. <laughs> so I have had a bike that had at least part of the frame be carbon fiber. And that's actually the bike that was stolen a little over, like almost exactly a year ago. Uh, I can attest to its amazing lightness and I guess flexibility a little bit because it always seemed like it had a bit of spring, like not in a, not in a loose kind of way, but in like a, 
powerful kind of way. And I really miss my poor bike. I miss your bike too, Rob. I am indifferent it, towards your bike. Hey. <laughs> not not for you. Not for you, just directly related to it. <laughs> uh. Mike, you might not understand this, but Rob's bike and I spent good times together. That's what I mean. I, I Rob did not was have also the, there. But, I did not yeah. have the pleasure of those times spent with his bike, so <laughs> I don't have that same attachment. We went for rides down in Hogsback Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I was testing out bikes this past spring when I bought one, I, I, I feel like I rode at least one that like you, yours had partly carbon fiber. Right. And, and it was quite a bit lighter and I could see it giving an added benefit for those yeah. looking for that. But for me, I, I wasn't looking for that elite edge. It's not even an elite edge. Well, it's, it's just, just <laughs> an edge. <laughs> Modern the one edge. I wanted to get was like a $1,200 bike. It was like almost twice as much but it was mostly carbon fiber and it was like half the weight that I wasn't allowed because insurance only paid out a thousand dollars and it was not going to cover it. Oh, I remember, uh, I had a conversation conversation with a friend of mine who's, uh, into road biking and you know, the hundred kilometer rides and whatnot. Mm. Um, century rides they're called. I'm, I'm sorry, Nick century <laughs> rides. And, uh, so he, he's, he rides with a group of people and they'll, they'll talk about me. No, <laughs> they'll, uh, they'll talk about how they've improved their bikes saying, oh, I swapped out this part for this part. And, oh, I really want that new seat or whatever. It's like, oh, it's 25 right. grams lighter. Saddle. Right. <laughs> There's saddles. Saddle. And, uh, so he's always oh, 25 grams lighter and he'll be like, you realize if you just lost like a pound, you'd gain more of an edge. Way more than that. Then. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's funny. Like, obviously there's different degrees of, uh, improvement, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, when you're talking about weight, you can probably do a lot more with your own body mass than you can with a bike. Yeah, just chop your arm off. <laughs> you'll, it'll be harder to balance the bike, but you'll lose all that weight. <laughs> Get a prosthetic; it'll work out. Carbon, Carbon fiber, fiber prosthetic. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, Nick, are you in the market for a new bike, or you're just excited by the prospect of carbon fiber being cheaper? I'm just excited at the prospect. Okay. I mean, I'd love a new bike, but that's just not going to happen. Last time we talked, you, I think last time we talked about your bike, you were still in the process of getting your belt fixed, right? Yes. It was like a really long time ago. Is this, is it, are you, is your bike good to go right now? Oh yeah. Okay, good. I, I'm surprised I didn't tell you about my bike ride down to Kaya's cousin's place when we were. It's possible you, you mentioned it on Slack, I think. It was really, it was a great ride. The belt worked fantastically. I don't have my light set up, though. The light set up that I've just been waiting and waiting and waiting to get. What's that? Uh, I think it's called the Luxos IQ2. And it's got a headlight, but it's got a toggle switch for the... It's one of the lights, anyway. It's got a toggle switch into which you can plug a USB cable. So you can charge your phone while you ride. Oh, okay. Yeah. You remember those uh, commercials where they said Wi-Fi in your car is the dream? (laughs) No. Charging your phone on your bike is the dream. (laughs) And this isn't one of those generators that would actually slow you down noticeably to get a good charge. Uh, This is a dynamo, not a generator. Okay. 
Okay. I'm, I'd imagine it's a direct wattage conversion. Yes. It, like it. If has... my conservation of energy serves me correctly. Yes. <laughs> I believe so. Like it, it must because thermodynamics, but yeah. <laughs> it's much less perceivable than the old generators. Okay. Because what's, what's the wattage of a charger? Like five watts? I want to say the phone ones are around five watts. Yeah. So that's how much energy you need to expel to oh, charge man, at a similar rate. <laughs> so speaking of charging your phone while biking, uh, this is something that you guys would no longer have to worry about if you were playing Pokemon go. That's true. Uh, we Especially held off after the last update. Oh, yeah. I am worrying about that. <laughs> We held off uh, having a full review of the Pokemon Go Plus, but now that you both have one, um, we wanted to talk a bit about it and also some of the changes and uh, updates that have kept happening to this game that, as far as I know, all three of us are still playing relatively frequently. I took a a little break, but I'm back. Um, So why don't you guys, I don't know who wants to start, maybe Mike, because you've had it longer, but what's up with the the Plus? I was actually half way to putting together a blog post about it but like with most things like that i just i take a couple pictures think about it in my head and never get around to doing it (laughs) um so yeah i bought one i want to say two weeks ago at this point i feel like it's been around that long i think it was at least three two to three weeks we'll say yeah um and yeah i've been using it since then i I have two pokestops at my office like literally I can reach them from my desk. So mm-hmm. that was that was half the reason I wanted it because the band, for those that don't know, the band alerts you of nearby Pokestops and spawn Pokemon and allows you to either spin the stop with a press of a button or attempt a catch with a press of a button. And the catch, or the throw anyway, is uh, statistically, it's uh, one Pokeball perfect throw and and gives you the appropriate catch rate based on that. As if you had done it on Wait, An excellent throw? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, at least that's what the data, not data mining, but data collection have, right. have kind of found out. And I did a bit of my own catch rate data collection when I first got it. And it was about 45% was my okay. success rate. That's a gross um, yeah. catch rate because there's different various types of Pokemon levels, um, which I'll play into the the catch rate as well. Yeah. But the people who have done their own data collections will have reported similar results. So a 40, 40 to 50% is their, their catch rate. So, um, mm. ideally it all averages out based on the global spawn rates as far as like levels and types of Pokemon and whatnot. So that should all kind of average out in the end. So the catch rate kind of is still valid. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of designed so that you can play by play Pokemon as in collect XP candy and Stardust while not having to be staring at your phone the whole time and in situations where you wouldn't otherwise be able to. Right, um, not even having it open. Yeah, so so this runs in the background as just like a notification process kind of thing. So you have to have the app open, but your phone can be locked and the app can be running in the background. And when a Pokestop or Pokemon is nearby, it kind of alerts you with a band via various lights and vibration patterns and allows you to to interact with the game passively or as mm. passively as you can. Yeah. Um, it also tracks distance for egg hatching and the new buddy candy collecting feature that they released uh, one or two updates ago. So I found it really useful. Um, I'm 
on the cusp. I'm like 2000 XP away from level 28. So that's basically one level, like level 27. I passed in about a week, week, week and right. a half, which is amazing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> otherwise I'd never be able to do that. Like egg hatching works really well now because the GPS drift, it, it counts right. all that that's running in the background when otherwise mm-hmm. you wouldn't be getting that. Um, and being in an office on the 15th floor, the G- G- the GPS shift is quite significant. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, it's, I've really enjoyed it. it. It's allowed me to kind of progress in the game when I haven't really been able to kind of get out for poker walks and that kind of thing. Like I still go out for a walk and, and catch Pokemon and, and look for that kind of thing. But, um, there's a lot of time where I'm walking through Princess Island Park and there's no Pokestops around, there's no Pokemon, but I'm having to kind of like stare at my phone. Yeah. Or or I can't do anything else, but otherwise with this ban, now I can have it just run in the back and I'm beyond Reddit or Twitter or whatever. And, and just when something comes up, I just reopen the app and interact with it at that point. So right. um, that's what I found has been the biggest benefit of it so far is kind of releasing me from the shackles of staring at my phone in order mm-hmm. to, to gain kilometers and XP and all that kind of stuff. So are you telling uh, us that uh, you have nothing to lose, but your shackles and nothing to gain, but your freedom? I, I don't understand that reference, but yes. <laughs> Nick, Nick, what's been your experience thus far? You, you've had it for well. I want to give a days. shout out because I have the best friends, namely the two people here, who Aww. gave me a Pokemon Go Plus and some Google Play credit for my birthday for all the incubators that I would surely burn through <laughs> the appreciable GPS wobble. Yeah. <laughs> that sounded like a soundboard sound effect. <laughs> it did. <laughs> that was a train. Um, so, By the way, that 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 upgrade that credit was more for Bag and Pokedex upgrades. If you hadn't <laughs> done it, not that it was supposed to be used for that. Just that's what we figured. Oh, these are for. Okay. Well, well, incubators just as well. as well. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, it looks like you've been using it incorrectly. It looks like you're trying to use it to make the Leafs win. <laughs> And although it does seem to be working, uh, I don't think that's its desired use. <laughs> so Nick's- I've uploaded a photo to Slack. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to share this picture now somehow. Yeah, you put it in the show notes. Because yeah. <laughs> last night, I really wanted to watch the Leafs game because it was their home over for hope, hope, blah, home opener for their mm-hmm. centennial season. Yeah. But I also wanted to get the GPS wobble and play Pokemon. And so I was able to just, you know, click the button when it vibrated and watch the game. Right. I'm curious as to why you took the picture at that moment but didn't post it until now. <laughs> because I it forgot, was Mike, because the Leafs <laughs> were actually winning a game. And so I was just that engrossed. <laughs> uh but yeah so, basically yeah. you live above a pokestop right i do yes. yeah so it's very beneficial to you as well and i frequently wobble up and down the street where i can hit the two pokestops down the street yeah hmm. but it's more or less what mike said like i like being able to collect the wobble and yeah yeah there's times where i feel that it's an unfair advantage it does seem that way on one hand i don't care on the other hand, it's on the other hand, it's it's an officially sanctioned and endorsed product to be used with the game. Right. So it's 
you know, to each his own, right? But I don't if feel bad fair, for using it. If it was actually fair, nobody would have bought this thing and they wanted people to buy it. So they had to give it kind of an incentive. An incentive. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I'm looking at the progress I've made over Kaya when Kaya usually makes more progress than I do. And it's just it is totally an unfair advantage. Mm-hmm. It's not unfair. It's just an advantage. Yeah, I, I like it a lot, though. Yeah. For, to me, it makes up for the people who stare at fast Pokemon all day chasing down Snorlax. That's their advantage, and that's fine. It's an available resource. This is my available resource. Mike, otherwise, I'm just going to stop playing the game altogether. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying you'll stop playing altogether? If I can't, if I can't get back on, because all I really care about at this point is finishing, like catching them all. Yeah. And with no mapping, I can't do, like, it's literally, it's going to be totally random and it's going to take years. Yeah. So on the note, wait, no, sorry. On the note of Pokemon Go, I have 396 Magikarp candy. Ooh. Wow. I also have, I believe I have more than four Magikarp that I could throw away. Yeah. Which leaves me with an important decision. Because <laughs> I have one Magikarp whose IVs are 29 of 30 and 15 of 15. I think its attack is 14 out of 15. Mm-hmm. But I believe I also have a Magikarp of the vintage where he could potentially evolve and get Dragon Breath. What do I do? Couldn't what any of them I get do? Dragon Breath? No, not anymore. Wait, what do you mean? They they took away the ability for Magikarp to get, or to Gyarados, for that matter, to get Dragon Breath as a quick move. Unless you have them, a, a legacy Magikarp that you caught before they took away that. How would they do that in that way? What do you mean? Like I, it's fine that they did, but how How would they know? When you catch it, it's it's all code. Like, it's all predetermined what Pokemon it is. But how wouldn't they do it across? I don't get it. How would they not do that across the board? They do. Like, they can. Yeah. They just don't want to take away Dragon Breath from the ones that already have it. Right. So what you're saying is they've added evolution. They're, they're applying evolutionary principles to Pokemon Go. They have they have evolved, effectively, the, the loss of this trait. They've basically killed everyone that was able to have that trait. Exactly. So it's it's not quite it's like eugenics, I guess. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> I was trying to think of the word. Yeah, that's that's probably the better way to describe it. As as horrible as that is. Right. Well, it's it's not it's not really eugenics. It's like pre eugenics. It's like the worst nightmare. Is that what Gattaca was about? It was like you could program your offspring to not have or have specific traits. They've yep. just they haven't killed anybody. They've just taken away future generations' right. ability to have it. Sterilizing. Almost. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, Gattaca was really about having two classes of citizens, but... Right. Now there's only one class, the Bite Twister Gyarados. That's <laughs> all there is now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nick, it really sounds like that makes your decision for you. You have to go with the old one. Just, Nick, you just have to accept the fact that you will most likely have a Bite Twister Gyarados and just choose the Magikarp you will love the most. It's really hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I want to talk about fast Pokemon a bit more. 
Well, all the trackers, but yeah. All the tra- well, Fast Pokemon Map was the last one standing. Also, f- by the just, I want to point out that when I said I was using trackers, I was verbally berated by you two. And then we got used to it. Okay, so let's let's talk about this for a sec. So yeah, again, a bit of backstory for people unfamiliar with it. Pokemon is based on finding Pokemon in Pokemon <laughs> Go. Pokemon Go is based on finding Pokemon in the real world. <laughs> At various locations near or <laughs> yes. far away from you. Mm-hmm. And they show up on a little sub-screen that you can pop up once you're within 200 meters of it. And because it was originally released with a indication of how far away you were from these Pokemon, and then it was taken away, so you're basically just kind of wandering around or hoping you run into it, uh, these other sites came out with a... Uh, a tracking method where it basically mapped out the locations of these Pokemon and how much how much time you had left to find them. Mm-hmm. And they did that by tapping into the servers that Niantic used and did some sort of hackery. And mm-hmm. I don't want to use the term hack loosely because it's used way too much these days. But I think it I think, like it, I think it was more <laughs> hacking than it wasn't. Reverse engineering, perhaps? <laughs> Reverse engineering is an accurate term also, I think, but it, I yeah. think it really was hacking. Like you un- unauthorizedly yeah. doing something in a way that wasn't intended by Niantic. Yeah. So, but anyway, for, for a while, the servers were overloaded by these tracking sites and Niantic gradually kind of shut them down in one way or another. And this other site, Fast Pokemap, was one of the final ones to still be around and, and hadn't been shut down. Um, and recently they got to the point where they were shut down. And uh, and pe- people use these sites to either look around them when they so there's there's people that looked everywhere and said oh there's a Snorlax like ten minutes away driving let me run over there and go get it and there's others like what I started doing towards the end when everyone and their dog had a Lapras and a Dragonite and a Snorlax was if it popped up on my nearby saying as mm-hmm. it was within two hundred meters then I went to go check the the tracker to see where it was right i still because, do not have a dragonite or a no i don't either but um <laughs> i have a stupid stupid lapras <laughs> stupid dragon claw lapras <laughs> lapras doesn't get dragon claw does er, it dragon pulse yes yeah that's the one <laughs> um i have two now i caught one with decent ivs which is cp 500 and something <laughs> <laughs> It'll take forever to level up. <laughs> and one that was hatched from a 10k egg, which is 1600 CP, with stupid, stupid Dragon Pulse. Mm-hmm. Luckily, they both have Frost Breath, so that's great for Dragonite. Yeah, I, I have some thoughts on this, because I'm in the camp that my use of tracking things, sometimes I just go and like I'll look at Central Park in New York, mm-hmm. and I'll be like, I wonder what Pokemon is there if I was there right now. And it's crazy. Like, I would have caught them all already by it's now. literally in, all of them? In the next hour. It's not literally all of them, but it's enough of, like, the starters, for instance. And I, one of the last times I went there, I literally counted about 45 just within the bounds of Central. 45 different ones. And there was, like, the more common ones, there were at least... uh like 10 to 20 of each. Like wow. if you just looked at Central Park, you would probably see thousands of Pokemon at any given time. And the variety was quite high. And then you go and look, I don't know how Calgary is, but if you go and look at Ottawa, 
you might see in the entire city one relatively rare Pokemon you'd want to go catch, like that you'd actually get in the car and go catch if it was nearby. But uh, yeah, it was it was tragic in comparison. And I imagine South Southern California, like San Francisco area, is kind of the same thing as New York, where you just it's just crazy. Like you can just catch everything really quickly. I guess they have a pier where Dratini is will reliably spawn. Okay, yeah, and I know like. Walt Disney World apparently is uh, just like Magikarp Central. Like there's thousands of Magikarps all the time. Interesting. Uh, I saw a post on Reddit a while back of some someone who worked there and they just had some like thousands of uh, Magikarp candy. <laughs> uh, it It's disheartening in comparison because like if I, I, I happen to the get... I like just switched to Mike's empty room for a moment there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, when I, when I caught the Dragonite that I caught, it was doing the thing of checking the nearby screen and I saw it pop up and I just immediately went, okay, I'm, uh, I'm going to find this and opened the tracker, saw where it was, went to that spot. And I could tell that other people had been using tracking because there was a crowd gathered by the time I got there. And I would never have caught that if I had not had this like i wouldn't have known which direction to go i've i've tried tracking things without the tracker and it's like 25 percent success rate and you have to spend 10 to 15 minutes searching i've i've tried using the tracker in like downtown or mission calgary Mm -hmm. and it's just it's not worth it like i can't get anywhere fast enough on foot in order to actually find it it's only yeah. useful if I'm at a park and you can just beeline to wherever something is. Yeah. But in the summer anyway, like not so much now, but in the summer, um, it you didn't need it there because if there was a Dragonite, people literally started yeah. shouting Dragonite and you just had to yeah. follow the stampede of people <laughs> to find it. I've seen yeah, one there's... Dragonite in the wild and it got away. Oh, wow. It, I, I, I just I couldn't tell you? hit it with... My Ultra Ball. Did I tell you my story? No. I ha- Mike's when still I, gone, so well, please I know. do. When I got there, I got to where the Dragonite was. There was a group of, like a crowd of maybe 10 people. And I walked past them. Just like I didn't want to necessarily be in, near them. I wanted to focus and concentrate and all that. I had about 10 Ultra Balls and a bunch of candy. I used all but one of the Ultra Balls. And it kept breaking out. And I went, okay, I don't want to use the last one. I'm going to downgrade or yeah, great. And then ultra, right? Great's the second best one. I was like, okay, I'm not going to use the last ultra ball right now. I don't know why, but I was like, okay, I'm going to use a great ball and a berry. And the first one hit it and caught it. I didn't use the last ultra ball. And somehow it like, it was just, it was honestly just the craziest random number generated success, but it could have just as easily run away. Like I've had tons of ones that I've like with the first Aerodactyl I saw, I used an ultra ball and a berry and it just ran away first try. Like I tried to get it, didn't work and it ran away. Mm. And this one decided to stick around and like, it's just totally arbitrary, but that made me, that made me believe in the trackers. The, the one thing that I will say walking, I believe, I totally believe you. You just look at the map and you're like, Oh, that's like four minutes away. And 
it only has two minutes left. Like you're never going to get there. Yeah. When I, when I got the, when I had the tracker out and I had rollerblades, I was able to get like, I, I basically, I didn't really use it on an exploratory mission. I was going home and it was like, if anything was on the way, I was going to get it. But I ended up being able to hit like seven or eight Pokemon I needed that just happened to be nearby enough that I was just able to go quickly get it. Like it would take two minutes to get there instead of the 10 it would take to walk there. Now, I don't know why, but uh, <clears throat> when I picture this, I picture you in the rollerblades and short cut off jeans and like a tank top. Totally. That's uh, that's how everyone rollerblades. That's okay. At least that's in Ottawa. How you, you Pokemon go. And I had my one phone in the back pocket of my short shorts, the tracking phone, and I had the Pokemon phone in my hand. It's, uh, yeah. Wait, so how, how does that is. work? I don't think I've talked to you about your two phone system. My one phone at the time, at the time when the trackers were still working, I had one phone with the trackers open and I had one phone with Pokemon open. And a so SIM card get, in each? Yeah. Well, that's, that's why I got the Fido 50, or three gig data plan for fifteen dollars, fifteen dollars a month for three gigs. Data. So only. you could have a tracker phone, or was the, <laughs> where was that the Pokemon phone? No, it that was the tracker phone. Um, it it did be it, like now it is my Pokemon phone. Like I don't play it on my main phone; I play it on that phone. But the problem is that I use thirty gigs of data on my unlimited plan because I watch a lot of video on that phone. Mm-hmm. But also when I'm watching video, I can't do anything else. And so it's nice to have a second one. I, I always had the second SIM card, but it used to just be it. I had a data plan that connected me to the internet and gave me 150 megs a month. But if I wanted to use more than that, it was going to cost an extra $15. Like it was going to be 25 a month mm. for a gig. Like it would just automatically ratchet up to the next level. And so this is way better for me. Like I really, I'm very happy with, uh, with this three gigs. Cause it means I can actually do stuff and not be worried about running out of data. Nick, did you ever use the or play the game before the nearby was gone? No, I I never knew the joy. I can tell you it was glorious. I bet it didn't. It didn't. It wasn't as good as having a, a second phone with a tracker on it. <laughs> but well, nothing's going to be. But being able to see that you're on the right track if you're walking towards a Pokemon, being able to see the number of footsteps going down even without having the thing where you could actually like tap on it and have the map pop up where it is like that would have been even more useful. But even just having the footsteps, I would play the game. Like I would get fully back into playing the game. If I could do that again, Mm. I was, I was saying on, on Slack, I forget if it was, I think it was Thursday. I was taking the bus home and I saw a Porygon shadow and I've never caught a Porygon, but I knew there were no trackers. There was one that spawned like at our apartment. Kaya likes using it as a gym defender because it has like tackle and side beam and okay. so it just spans side beam and yeah, details. So this is just a complete tangent. Yeah. I got a shaggy dog story for story for you later too. <laughs> well, okay. So I'll, I'll finish my, my Porygon story. Okay. If I had had any kind of tracker or any kind of nearby feature, I would have seen it gotten off the bus and caught it. Mm. But because I had no nearby feature, or and no trackers. You just I helpless. just stayed on the bus. It's like, well, that's there. Too I sat there and hoped. It. I hoped it was just going to pop up, but it didn't, and uh, so I gave up. Okay, and I was very sad. So 
Mike's just getting settled, so I'm going to tell you this other story. Sure. So my ghost pepper plant has finally given me another ghost pepper. Okay. Like the last time it gave me any fruit, I repotted it soon after, and then it was like, whoa, I have all this room for vegetative growth. Why would I be making fruit? (laughs) And so it finally gave me like a decent size. Like I can upload that to Slack as well. You can Mm -hmm. share it with our listeners slash viewers because that would place them in a different hybrid space. (laughs) And so I decided to just go with a whatever meat sauce because I just couldn't be bothered to make like a really nice chili. Sure. And so cut into it, harvested some seeds. The meat sauce was made with like spicy sausage and a can of diced tomatoes and then just a can of regular tomato sauce. I believe okay. the soccer Rooney from Newman's own or something like that. Okay. And just a couple more spices in there. Anyway, threw the pepper in there. And because I've had terrible, terrible experiences before, I always just like lick my fingertips to see how much chili oil has <laughs> got on there. Because I need to be sure because I'm going to touch other important stuff later. And I I got to be aware of how much chili oil is on my fingers. Mm-hmm. And it was, my fingers were pretty hot, like pretty spicy. So wash them a couple times, wash them a couple times more like over the course of the evening. And then the next morning I wake up and I just like rub the sleep out of my eyes like this. <laughs> and then a couple seconds go by. I thought, uh oh. And it gets worse. I'm like, oh God, no. <laughs> so, this was a day where I was trying to sleep in, but instead I'm writhing around and like, oh God. Oh. Please start tearing up soon. Oh. Pain. You should invest in some food handling gloves. I just need a pack of nitrile gloves. Like, they work fine. Yeah. Do it. So, Mike, we we still want to hear what you what you think about this debacle. Mm-hmm. I I was I have more thoughts on it in a general sense as far as the a company's or a developer's commitment to the community and its users and its acceptance of said community's initiative to embedder the experience mm-hmm. for themselves. Yeah. Um, so I, I can't, I don't know if you guys covered it already, but this, this map was developed for the community because the tracker was removed and people were using the tracker to various degrees. Um, you know, again, some chased 10 minutes away, some looked at it when it was two seconds away, whatever, Mm -hmm. but various people got benefit from it. But Niantic decided that it was cramping their style and they shut it down and it was intensive on their servers well that was the at main, first that it was, was the, no that was at what they first, said at first it was mm. i don't think the same can be said for this like that was their reasoning though originally that, and I that think was the party line and the justification sure right. but in this case is because it was something that niantic hadn't developed and it was allowing people to catch pokemon that were supposed to be rare but people had 20 dragonites right um like literally 20 <laughs> that's not an exaggeration and so, not hatched ones, but caught. Right. All caught. Yeah. And, uh, not coincidentally, once the tracker, once fast Pokemon came down, you started seeing rare spawns everywhere. 
like mm-hmm. on the nearby screen, but people couldn't find them because there was no way to find them. Like you just hoped you ran into them. Right. Um, so that this was clearly motivated by wanting to maybe not artificially rarify Pokemon, but allow them to be as rare as they were intended to be. Right. That whereas a tracker caused them to not be as rare because it allowed people to look for them and or just find them once they were on the nearby screen. Yeah. So Niantic wrote this, or not Niantic, uh, Fast Pokemon wrote this open letter to Niantic um, about how they're not approaching this in the right way, that they're hurting their game, that they're hurting the um, amount of people playing the game, all this kind of stuff. And I was curious on your guys' thoughts on it. Did you guys read the open letter? I did not. Okay. Uh, the, the open letter that came straight out of 2010, because they used Twit longer, <laughs> why wouldn't you use something like Medium or a blog engine instead of, <laughs> instead of using a, a thing that lets you send longer tweets? Right. Um, that was my first thought. I was like, what, why am I being redirected to Twit longer? <laughs> but uh, I thought it was fine. Like, it's reasoning we've all heard before mm-hmm. from the subreddit, from any other... Yeah. Kind of anyone who's talking about it is using the same reasoning, the same language, the same everything. So it's not really new, but I, th- I would like to think if any single thing would get Niantic to actually pay attention, it would be that. But maybe they like they're famously not that open about development unless they're giving a press release about things they're going to do, but mm-hmm. they're not going to discuss anything that they're not going to do. So I, I'm not hopeful because they've been saying they've been saying right that they want to reintroduce nearby like they from everything I've heard if you're in San Francisco you still have it it's it's literally region locked to San yeah. Francisco well they're testing the current version of nearby tracking where where it directs you yeah it tells you which Pokestop the Pokemon is closest to if it's near, near right. Pokestop. And otherwise, it, as far as we know, it, does the footprints. it doesn't show anything. It just shows them as nearby. It doesn't show the footprints? Like, there's still, no. there's sightings and there's nearby in the in the Yeah, new, there's no the footprints. Version. Well, Even what in sightings? It, no. At least my understanding is that, like, when they showed the original screenshots of what it was going to be, it said which Pokestop it was near, and it, it allowed you to navigate to it. Like, it had an arrow right. pointing to the Pokestop. Yeah. Um. And then anything else just showed up as in the grass. Like there were no footprints. Okay. So those you still had to hope you'd run into. Hmm. The, you know what this actually, this whole conversation, like in the last day has got me thinking about. Remember when it first came out, the grass used to rustle. Yeah. Indicating there's something nearby. That's also gone. Yeah. No, I know. I, there was I don't a while get it. where the grass would rustle, but there was actually nothing there. I've had stuff appear in the grass. I, I, that might have been coincidence, but... I, like, I've actually gone to wrestling grass and found nothing. My, I did in the past. What hmm. what I understood the wrestling grass to be was that there was going to be a spawn there soon or oh. at some point. Well, aren't that, I an idiot? Yeah, it did, it didn't mean that there was something there immediately. It's just that there might there's something going to be spawning shortly. I think that's what I had heard the wrestling was. Um, as, as far as the open letter, like it it was very dramatic and semi-hyperbolic mm-hmm. like he was it was impassioned but the weight they placed on the tracking as contributing to the drop-off in play i think is 
overstated yeah. in the letter. Um, like they use an example of, oh, there was one spot that had three to 400 people and now there's like four and, oh, that's all because of the tracker. It's like, it's not, I don't think so. Yeah. I, I think you're a bit off base there. Um, and, and again, like we, we have quite an echo chamber on Reddit mm-hmm. when everyone's complaining about it, but 90% of the people that are playing probably don't, don't care. Yeah. Or don't even uh, know about all this controversy. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's a bit hard to kind of put it into perspective a little bit, but I'm just curious on if Niantic's stance on third-party development of tools is going to change. Like, the Silk Road is another, yeah. I guess you could call it, organization that does a lot of research and, and releases tools uh, to assist or supplement your playing. And they haven't had any sort of backlash or response from Niantic right. on what they're doing, yeah. at least as far as we know. And... And I think that enriches the gameplay quite a bit, having mm-hmm. that type of type of aspect. So I don't see why a tracker couldn't be another supplement for people who want to use right. it. Even if Niantic does like a limitation on, oh, you can only see what's in that 200 meters around you. Mm-hmm. Well, because what, what the tracking sites and what people have mostly been asking for is an API to direct, mm-hmm. like to legally so to speak hook in to the system to yeah. not like to be as efficient as possible to be able to use do things on reasonable time scales like they don't necessarily want perfect one for one if a pokemon's there in real life we want to be able to see it on the tracker they want some way to be able to have an indication of where things are when they show up on sightings yeah and even if they had, even if like Niantic made an agreement or went into some kind of licensing thing where they said, this third party tracker is endorsed by us. You can go use it. We're going to provide data in this way. It would dramatically reduce the amount of incentive for other sites or any other services to need to exist because it fills the gap that people are actually talking about wanting. Yeah. But I yeah. don't think they're going to do that. Yeah. I agree. Like the only complaints i hear now with the tracking is when people see something on there nearby and they want to find it but they can't right Any, anything else isn't a valid complaint yeah because it's agree, like well you, you, you weren't intended to see anything else anyway right but the stuff that's on your nearby settings you should be able to find if you yeah. wanted to i think if, if you're willing to actually go and look then you should be able to find it with 100 percent yeah, certainty if you spent that time unless it, but, unless it runs unless it disappears right in that but time. you can spend that time and still not find it yeah and, and and you could find spend that time walking in the exact opposite direction and never know and never yeah not know yeah. i would like to weigh in mm-hmm. one i'm now holding my mic <laughs> like a hand mic so that's interesting <laughs> but at the same time um ingress actually had an intel map i know rob you played mike did you yeah. ever play ingress no okay it- so I'm just, I'm kind of surprised why Ingress had such a rich Intel map, but Pokemon has nothing of the sort. And I mean, that said, the Ingress Intel map, oh my God, was that slow to load. Like it just <laughs> took forever. The basis of the games are different though. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. That's how the, I the po- Yeah. Pokemon has the battling aspect, which I think is closer to Ingress, but the idea of having to go around finding specific Pokemon 
that's unique to Pokemon that doesn't mm. have the same element in Ingress. Yeah, that's fair. Right. Pokemon has an end game in catching them all. Yeah. Whereas Ingress is just kind of like leveling up and battling and trying to maintain dominance of a region. Yeah. And being able, like, even being able to link, like, if you could link gyms together, which is, I guess, probably something they are working on. Like, you can't, in Ingress, you actually create links between the different portals. Um, but there's nothing like that in yeah. Pokemon Go. Imagine like, yes. if you could make fields in uh, in Pokemon Go, and if you make fields, you're, like, you're likely to spawn your legendary bird or something like that. That would be so awesome. Yeah. Like we had yesterday, I was in, actually, I think I'm still in a level 10 gym in our community here. And there's a gym right across the street from it that when I was there yesterday, it was level nine. Mm -hmm. So like, that was really cool. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Like, but currently there's no incentive to have dominance like that. Right. Like it doesn't make coins. It's just, yeah, it's just cool to dominate an area, but it's like, well, you're not, the gyms aren't stronger because of it. Mm -hmm. There's no... Yeah, like you said, you know, added Pokemon spawning bonus yeah. or anything like that. It it would even be cool if while you were, you wouldn't even necessarily have to be in the gym, but if your team held a gym, it would have a high, slightly higher spawn rate when you're nearby it. Yeah. I think that would be pretty cool. It would give you incentive to keep a gym. Yeah. And to be just at a gym, which yeah. I think should be incentivized. Yeah, I agree. But anyway, as yeah, as far as the the tracking versus Niantic thing. Like we'll see how, how it progresses and, you know, John Hanky or Henkel or whatever the guy's name is, mm-hmm. um, has said that the, the app right now is at its minimum viable product status yeah. still. So they still have a ways to go as to where they've idealized it would be. Right. Um, so I guess we can just hope that they continue to, to add improvements. Well, it's just whether they keep making money long enough to get to the, better product or people lose interest and they they should be trying to keep people's interest as high as possible i i wonder a part of me wonders if they're just trying to get it to a point where a company is interested in buying their company and that company yeah or the just a product and then the company that new company would take over the development of it or or at least fund the development of it maybe so they're kind of proving it out and saying, hey, look, there's demand for it. Mm-hmm. And then, but they don't want to invest too much capital into it before another company buys it. Right. Mm. Possibly. That's yeah. kind of what I'm thinking. We're getting close to the longest, since they started being a prevalent thing, that the longest they've been offline since the game came out. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll keep following up. But uh, until then, thanks for listening to Future Chat. Uh, you can head to unwindmedia.com slash future chat to see past episodes of the show and to see Nick's the picture of, I guess, your pepper plant and much more. So thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. Ciao.